Welcome to Access Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. On today's show, Lyft stock price stalls and the world's most popular email service turns 15. But first, Mr. Zuckerberg goes to Washington. Well, at least to the Washington Post. So Facebook CEO wrote a 969-word op-ed yesterday for Jeff Bezos's media venture, trying to head off growing criticism of his company and, in short, seemed to be arguing for new government regulations, particularly in areas like data privacy, election integrity, and even speech. He writes, quote, lawmakers often tell me we have too much power over speech, and frankly, I agree. I've come to believe that we shouldn't make so many important decisions about speech on our own, end quote. Okay, so either government or quasi-government bodies who create standards, including on things like data portability, are what Facebook wants. And it makes some sense since regulation often benefits big incumbents, particularly if they get ahead of the train and help shape the tracks. What's a bit more confusing, though, are comments made by Facebook policy executive Kevin Martin to Axios this morning, in which he argues against Senator Elizabeth Warren's plan to break up companies like Facebook, arguing that the company can do a better job on areas like user privacy if it's unified, if it's big. But didn't Zuckerberg just say Facebook is too big, too scaled to do it without regulation? In a word, confusing. So we'll go deeper in 20 seconds with Kim Hart, Axios managing editor. But first, this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at BridgeBank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, BridgeBank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. We're joined now by Axios Managing Editor Kim Hart. So, Kim, why is Zuckerberg writing this op-ed now? Well, the writing is definitely on the wall that lawmakers around the world are more and more nervous about just the large scale, the massive scale, that is, that Facebook has over everything from the content that millions of people are seeing every day to how our data is collected and shared. And the more that they deal with scandals and other outrages that seems to be kind of a weekly occurrence these days, it's really real that it needs to get ahead of some of that regulation. And the best way to show that you're cooperating with policymakers is to give up your own ideas. One of the criticisms that Facebook has had for a long time, and other tech companies too, is that any idea for a regulatory fix or a regulatory change to adjust to the, the changing needs of the 21st century, they've said, no, 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 we don't need that. And so the no, no, no approach isn't going to work anymore. What they have to do is say, okay, we're willing to play ball. Let me throw out some ideas that work. However, these ideas may seem to be more arguing for regulation. In a lot of ways, they're still arguing for self-regulation. How so? Where's self-regulation as opposed to government or kind of quasi-government? So let's take what he said about what you mentioned, that he agrees that they have too much power over speech and that he's come to realize that Facebook shouldn't be making all these important decisions on its own. That's because Facebook realizes that it's a lose-lose situation. But it's impossible, right? There's no way they can actually do it, right? And, and I don't mean that Facebook's failing, but I mean, you're talking about billions and billions of words being posted a day. How? There's no way that they're going to be able to stay on top of every piece of user-generated content that comes onto their site. Their base is too big, and these calls are too hard to make. You're always going to run into the criticism that you're censoring valid content or not going far enough to remove harmful content. Well, and the AI is not necessarily good enough. There was a story, I can't remember where I read it today, 
talking about how one thing AI still can't do is understand humor and can't understand jokes just because that's still a very human thing computers can't do. But Facebook's trying to do most of this via algorithm. Right. And they have hired a lot of people, but it's really intense work and it really burns people out pretty fast, as we've seen from other stories as well. AI is not quite there enough to be able to pick up nuance and connotation and what's a joke and what's not. So these are really they're they're really struggling with this. And so what Kevin Martin, who is the vice president of U.S. public policy for Facebook, told my colleague David McCabe over the weekend is that a couple of ideas for this is really what he's calling for are third party bodies. These are not really governmental bodies, but more private bodies to set standards governing the distribution of harmful content. So this is kind of akin to the Motion Picture Association of America with uh, how they rate movies. It's a standard that everyone kind of agrees on. And that creates a bit of a backstop for the companies to say, see, we all agreed on it, but also gives some sort of assurance to consumers and to the audience that some thought has gone into what's appropriate for certain audiences. It's a good comp. We've seen that in the financial sector, too, on Wall Street with things like FINRA. Kim, let me ask, though, I mean, but Martin, at the same time, and I said this in the open, also is arguing Facebook can deal with these things better as one big, let's call it a conglomerate at this point, right? One big tech conglomerate as opposed to, say, three silos, WhatsApp, Instagram, and kind of the blue app. From your perspective, is that a consistent argument? Well, yes and no. I mean, I think what Facebook is saying is that, yes, while there are these perceived downsides for scale, which is what you're seeing with all these criticisms and, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren saying we need to break it up. What they're also saying is we can tackle some of these problems more effectively if we do have that scale. So Facebook is saying because we have so many more resources, we can dedicate more to focusing on security and safety. We can make sure that certain approaches get rolled out across multiple different platforms rather than making it a more ad hoc approach. So yes, it does seem to be contradictory, but what they're saying is, hey, there are some upsides to scale and that we have more resources to roll some of these fixes out. But to your point, they're also saying we don't need over-the-top drastic regulation. We don't need antitrust action. Leave it to us in some ways. We can find some tailored ways to fix this, but we can't do it on our own. We do want some government help. We do want to engage. But at the end of the day, let's be careful. Let's tread cautiously here. Is there a shot clock here? Because one of those four things, you know, the, the Zuckerberg wrote about was election integrity, which really kind of is the underlying piece of all this, right? With these discussions, for the most part, weren't being had before 2016. So do you feel, is Facebook under the gun feeling that if they don't get their act together by the 2020 election, if in you know January of 2021, we're reading about Russian or some other foreign actor, et cetera, kind of sabotaging or getting propaganda out through the Facebook system, then Facebook's lost. That's a really good point. I mean, I think that Facebook has had a really hard time grappling with the role that it played in the 2016 election. You know, this was when you know Mark Zuckerberg thought originally that foreign interference on his platform was was nonsense, that of course that wouldn't be happening. And it took several months, almost a year for them to come around to, oh, wow, we really were allowed to be hijacked by foreign actors that could have very well influenced this election. So they know that they are under the gun. They know that they are going to have a lot of eyes on them and under a lot of pressure to see how things happen and what they're able to prevent and how they can step up to the plate moving into the 2020 election. Finally, Kim, you are in D.C. For the part that Zuckerberg is asking for federal regulation on, for example, on things like data portability, is there any chance? I, I understand that both Republicans and Democrats, the only thing they seem to agree on is that they hate Facebook. But is there 
any chance of actual legislation getting passed anytime soon? So the momentum has definitely slowed a little bit since the beginning of the year when you saw all the hearings and there was a lot of attention paid to this. Right now, people are really waiting for the draft of a Senate bill to drop. I think once that comes, then we'll get a better sense of how much teeth there are to some draft legislation and how much momentum is really behind it. Kim Hart, Managing Editor of Axios, thanks so much for joining us. My final two right after this. The Equity Fund Resource Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, BridgeBank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners, including creative credit solutions, robust treasury management capabilities, and a suite of international banking services. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is an update on Lyft, the subject of our last Pro Rata podcast, which went public on Friday. Well, its shares are already sinking, not only below their first Friday trades, but actually below the $72 per share IPO price. That is very bad news for Lyft insiders, who are legally prevented from selling stock for months, and also for Uber, Lyft's big rival, which plans to file any day for its own IPO. So don't be surprised to see Lyft's bankers, and maybe even Uber's bankers, try to prop the shares up a bit today, but that is a game that can only go on for so long. And finally, this is the 15th anniversary of Gmail, now the world's most used email service. Google is rolling out some new features in celebration, but it's important to remember that Gmail's landmark feature, its key one, is now viewed as common among email providers, unlimited storage. It's something that was not only considered revolutionary at the time, but was also mocked by some notable critics. For example, Bill Gates told reporter Stephen Levy that no one would ever need so much storage space for email adding that Google must be doing, quote, something wrong in its calculations. Well, at least someone was wrong. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great April Fool's Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.